0: Praise God. Hallelujah. Hello, friends. God bless you. Welcome to Word of Victory today. I believe this is a word of victory for you in Jesus' name. Do you receive that? Amen. Will you go with me to 1 Samuel and the 16th chapter, verse 7. Samuel was the prophet. You know, he was um, about to anoint the new king that God had chosen over Israel. And the Lord had told him to go to the house of Jesse and anoint one of his sons that God would show him which one to to anoint. So when he came, um, Jesse had seven sons and brought forth the first one. Um, And here he was, a fine man, fine stature physically, very appealing. And Samuel said this to himself in uh, let's look at it pick it up there in in 1st Samuel 16 verse 6 so it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said surely the Lord's anointed is before him so Samuel had already made up his mind that this guy he looks good he's a fine looking man he'll be a great looking king this must be the one who's anointed but <laughs> the Lord had something else planned and he said to Samuel Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. And that word refused there means I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. So Samuel sure got a (laughs) He got that mixed up. And, you know, I just believe that we're living in a time of great fear. Fear is rampant. The enemy is using it as a weapon from his arsenal. And he is releasing his weapons in in, in powerful and, and, and big ways that are, are overwhelming, even Christians, and making people stop and and feel confused and and wonder, you know, what is going on here or, and and making people question themselves. And But, you know, the Lord said that he was going to shake everything. And so that only the unshakable things would remain. And um, he said that in the book of Haggai. And I encourage you to go read the book of Haggai. It's one of what they call the minor prophets. It's only a short little book. Um, in the middle, kind of there, of the Bible. And it's a book that describes how the Lord's house lies in ruins and people have gone out of their way uh, to to embellish their homes, embellish their the places they dwelt in, and the Lord's house was lying in ruins. And I believe today that's a reflection of the fact that we, As God's children, we are a temple. You know, you are a temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God himself, he no longer dwells in houses made by man, says, uh, you know, in the book of Acts. The the Word of God tells us that. He now lives in human beings who have accepted and received Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, who understand what he did for them at the cross and who have received the full Um, benefit of salvation um, that Jesus won for us and now that's why Jesus said it's better that I go away go back to my father because then I will send the helper to you and he will live in you and he will teach you uh, all things and lead you into the truth and reveal you know the truth of God's word to you that's the Holy Spirit and God in 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 the book of Haggai where God was explaining about how his house was lying in ruins and yet people were were only concerned about themselves and and building up their own houses you know in today's um society the reflection of that is is that you know that the holy spirit has been sidelined and and has been resisted even by christians uh the works of uh the fruit of the spirit the works of the holy spirit um healing uh You know, um, the anointing, words of knowledge, discernment, uh, the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy uh, are being mocked and ridiculed left, right and center by Christians, not a mention by unbelievers. And this is a dangerous place to be in because the Lord is saying, you know, my house lies in ruins. And here in the book of Samuel, Samuel was the prophet of God and he missed it. You know, this this guy came up to him and he said, surely this is the guy I'm going to anoint him and we're going to sit down and eat. And no, the Lord said, this is not the one. This is not the one. Because you're just looking, Samuel, at the outward physical realm. You're looking at the flesh and I have rejected him. And the thing is, is that we as human beings, you know, we make assumptions. we, We perceive and we look and we make judgments according to what we see in the flesh. And right now, there is uh spirits of fear and terror and dread uh rampant and they are being uh fueled by fake news. Uh Pastor Joe used to have a saying long ago, you know, fear, the word fear, f e a r, f false e evidence a appearing or real. So false evidence appearing real, that's what fear is. And uh I just feel that we need more than ever to be sharp in the spirit. We need to have discernment. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be operating in our lives. Samuel had been raised in the temple since he was a child. If you want to go back and read about him. Hannah, his mother, prayed for so long for a child and she prayed, God, if you will only give me a son, I will give him back to you. And she held fast to her word and that's what she did. And Samuel was raised in the temple and, you know, he, uh, he missed it here. So we need to be sharp in the spirit and to have the gifts of the spirit operating in our lives so that we can have discernment. Hebrews chapter 4 talks about it, and 5 is it, uh, where it speaks of that, um, you know, by the use of reason, we distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. By, by uh, sorry, by the, the reason of use, rather, not the use of reason. Scrap that! <laughs> no, by reason of use, we learn to discern and to distinguish between right and wrong by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, um, God looks at the heart, he doesn't look at the outward manifestation, which is what we very much do. And this is how the media and and uh, corruption is uh, rampant in, in government, in, in, in governmental authorities all over this world, and the media are spouting out exactly what they're being told to speak out, and it's all fake news, and... We need to distinguish and discern what really is going on. And the only one who knows what's going on is the Holy Spirit. He knows everything. And he is the one, when we ask him, he will reveal and, and show you exactly what it is that you need to know. And so if you need wisdom, you ask the Lord for that wisdom. But... um. We judge and we perceive, you know, in the flesh. And it's interesting here, isn't it, that God said, you know, I have rejected him. He said, I refuse him. But rejection. And I want to talk a bit about rejection today because rejection comes from the works of the flesh. It's a, it's a, it's a spirit that the enemy uses to really disable and paralyze God's people from accomplishing breakthrough and, and, and receiving breakthrough in their lives um it says in in zechariah chapter 4 uh it's not by might it's not by power but it's by my spirit says the lord so as we uh understand and know uh god's word as we are synchronized and tuned in to the wavelength and the frequency uh where his spirit operates we will respond to situations in love. We will not respond in fear. We will not respond in judgment. We will not make um, decisions based on what we see outwardly. We will, as God sees, we will see into the heart of the matter. And this is what helps to dispel and get rid of strife and confusion and chaos because they operate in the darkness and that's what the devil does is he, he, he brings darkness, he deceives people and he um, keeps people ignorant of God's word and of what's written in God's word. And in darkness, all there is is confusion and every kind of evil. But when you turn on the light and the light is Jesus Christ, that's why he said, I am the light of the world. And um, he revealed himself as the light of the world. It's, it's one, of, one of the names of Jesus, but it's, it's, his, it's his character and his nature. And you see, God operates in the realm of the spirit. It's the realm of truth. And when something is brought to the light, you know, it needs to be exposed. And we spoke about this in church last week. Maybe I'll do a podcast on it. You know, but things that are hidden, things that are kept secret, things that are shrouded or or, or concealed, they are not good and they are not of the Lord and when things are brought to the light and we say Lord Jesus I ask you to shine your glory light into this situation and reveal to me what is going on what is behind this Lord and show me in Jesus name many times people are are blaming the devil for things that are going on in their lives and sometimes it's the Lord who's resisting them you know it was the Lord who had rejected Eliab here and said no I'm not he's not the one and uh you know, Samuel had to go through every one of the sons. Um, have you got another one? Have you got another one? Have you got another one? It's not him. It's not him. It's not him. And, you know, eventually you you can read on there yourself. Um, he said to, Samuel was tired of this stage and he wanted to eat and he had made a long journey to get there. And uh, he couldn't eat until he anointed the new king, first of all. And, you know, he'd been through six sons and he says, do you not have another son to Jesse? And he said, well, there's David and but he's out in the fields minding the sheep. And, and Samuel goes, You can hear the exasperation in his in his uh voice and he's saying, Bring him in. We can't eat until he comes here. And of course, they brought in David and the minute that that David came in, you know, um it's in verse if you if you're still there in first Samuel fifteen, um so he sent and brought him in, in verse 12, sorry. And now he was ruddy, with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for he is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. You know, the Spirit of God was released upon David. But guess what, friend? The Spirit of God resides and dwells inside of you. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, if you have repented of your sins, and if you have made Jesus Lord of every area of your life, he uh, comes to live inside of you in the person of, of his Holy Spirit. He lives inside of your spirit, and your spirit is reconnected to God through the power of his spirit. This is what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 3 when he was talking to um Nicodemus, one of the p- priests and Pharisees who came to see Jesus by night, he didn't want anyone to see him coming to Jesus, but he wanted to talk to Jesus to find out, you know, what he was about and, and, and what, what his coming meant. And he said, we know you're from God and will you explain it to me? And Jesus explained to him that a man, uh, mankind, uh, people need to be born again. And I don't know whether you've ever seen, you know, at some big matches or, or um, sporting occasions, you'll have seen uh, people holding a sign saying, John seven, And what that means, uh, that scripture is, you know, you must be born again. And Jesus said, you're born again by the Spirit. And not by the flesh. And you see we're living in the flesh. We're living in this world. We, we are not of this world. But we are living in it. We are of the kingdom of God. If we have accepted Jesus of our, as our Lord and Saviour. But we're living in a body of flesh. And our body of flesh one day will die. Your, our physical bodies will die. But our spirit and our soul will go on forever. For eternity. In one of two places. Either in heaven or in hell. And sin separates people from God, and it's only when someone repents of their sin and asks Jesus to come into their heart, to come into their life, and be Lord, and acknowledge um, His His life, His death, and His resurrection, um, that uh, a person then becomes born again, and their spirit man is reconnected to God through His Spirit and um this is what's called being born again and here you know Samuel praise god uh Samuel the Spirit of God came upon him. But when Jesus came and when he died on the cross and when he was raised from the dead and went back to the Father, he sent his Holy Spirit to then come and live in people who have received him as Lord and Saviour. Whereas in Samuel's time, the Spirit came upon them. But now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us in our spirits because we are now reconnected to God through the sacrifice that Jesus made at the cross. And so, hallelujah, I've gone way off my notes here, <laughs> but um, praise God. You know, even Samuel that day, he needed the the spirit of God to direct him and show him because he reacted immediately in the flesh and and admired the first fella and the look of him. And yet he was not the one who had been anointed by God. And so he had to keep, you know, saying to Jesse, uh their father, please, have you got another son? Have you got another son? And then when David came in, then the the spirit of God spoke to Samuel and said, "This is the one. Get up and anoint him." And so, you know, Holy Spirit, the the the, the works of the Spirit of God are are the fruit of the Spirit of God. The way he works in us, he uh shows us and reveals to us things that we have not known. It says that in Jeremiah, he um will show you great and mighty things which you have not known daniel said he is the revealer of secrets um in corinthians it says you know i has not seen nor ear has heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which god has stored up for those who love him but his spirit shows us these things it's by his spirit like we said in zechariah so here um Samuel was shown by the Spirit of God, this is the one who is to be anointed. And in the same way that Samuel the prophet needed the Spirit of God to direct him, to instruct him and to show him the way to go, we, even more today, need God's Spirit leading us and guiding us. We need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and his fire. And and this is a baptism of of uh, you know because when someone gets born again, that's why Jesus said you know repent and be baptized, and that was a, a baptism in water where uh, Jesus himself went to the river and John baptized him. And John didn't want to do it. He said, you should be baptizing me. But Jesus said, no, let it be done now so that the word of God can be fulfilled. And he went in and John baptized him in water. And when he came up out of the water, John said, and I saw a dove, the Holy Spirit coming upon him in the form of a dove and resting upon him. And Jesus was baptized in the spirit of God at that same time. And uh, that's the way we are um, you know, brought into the kingdom of God through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice, through his life and his death and resurrection, we are saved, we are given the free gift of salvation, and then we are given the free gift of his Holy Spirit. We are baptized with his Holy Spirit. And, you know, you need to ask God for it. If you're not already baptized in the Spirit of God, friend, just ask him right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to baptize me with your Holy Spirit and power and your fire so that you can lead me and guide me all the days of my life and I thank you Lord for the gift of your spirit and for you showing me the way to go, revealing the purpose that I was created for in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You know, when you've done that, you, you watch and see and you just, you know, there's a, the gift of tongues. <inaudible> and I release that spirit of God upon you today now in the name of Jesus, where you are. And I thank you, Father, for the gift of tongues, of the gift of prophecy, the gift of words of knowledge. I release those things in the spirit. There is no distance in the spirit. In the name name of Jesus for this my brother and my sister and I praise you and I thank you for anointing them father and for the purpose that you created this one for Lord this is your child Um, this this uh, brother this sister they are so precious to you father you have an anointing upon their lives uh, for them to accomplish for you Lord great and mighty things which they have not known but Holy Spirit you will reveal them to them in Jesus name amen Hallelujah. Okay, I better get back to the, the notes here or we'll be here all day. But um, you know, just speaking there about that there's so much fear, and so in order to counteract this fear that's raging and that's tormenting people, you know how you how you counteract fear is through love. Because perfect love casts out fear. And you know, when we are led by the Spirit of God what happens is is that when we're faced with difficult things or circumstances and and um you know whatever the situation is, difficulties chaos confusion, when we quieten down and turn our hearts to God's word, he speaks to us through his word and he leads us by the Spirit of God in the Word. Because Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So you see, the Holy Spirit is in the Word of God. And, and that day when, when Peter preached the first um, you know message to the, the, uh, in the book of Acts in chapter 3, and it said that, and the Spirit of God in the Word convicted and pierced their hearts. So you see, the Holy Spirit resides in the Word of God. And he brings revelation of God's word to us. And so when we're in fearful situations or or, or difficult circumstances, as we lean on the Lord and uh, allow his love to penetrate our hearts and allow the knowledge that he loves us and that he has a good plan for our lives, that his plans are not to harm us or not to, to uh, bring disaster to us, and that we are safe and protected in the ark that is Jesus. You see, Jesus is our ark today. And when we know those things, fear has to leave. So if you look with me to 1 John chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Father. I praise you, Jesus. Turn your Bible to 1 John 4 or you can Google it. Um, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse, let's see. Um, Let's start with verse 1. Beloved, you read it with me. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. And that's the truth. We're seeing the fruit and the results of the spirit of the Antichrist that is in the world right now. There's lawlessness, there's rebellion, there's a hatred for God, there is complete um, strife and and turmoil and confusion, chaos. Um, That's the spirit of the Antichrist. And that is rampant because you know, the Antichrist will come forth as it was prophesied in the Bible and um, for those who, who don't know the Lord uh, there's a time of great tribulation coming. Um, we are living in what are known as the end times and, you know, we'll do a teaching on that some other day. But right now, you see here, you need the Spirit of God inside of you so that you have the ability to test the spirits. Um because there are many spirits, you know, there are demonic spirits, um, and that the enemy has hordes of them, and then there's the Holy Spirit. So there are, there are two, two destiny makers, there's God and the devil, and God's spirit is the Holy Spirit, and the devil's spirits are confusion, fear, rejection, turmoil, lack, sickness, disease, you know, all these demonic spirits. And Jesus, in Mark chapter uh, 15, verse 16, or is it 16, verse 15? I keep getting confused with that. But in Mark, in the last chapter of Mark's gospel, the before Jesus was um, left the apostles, he gave them the commission and he told them that believers, these signs will follow those who believe. He told them, go out and preach the gospel to every creature. And whoever believes will be saved and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, you know, so that's the first sign. The first mark of a believer is to cast out demons and demons manifest in so many different ways, Uh, you know, through fear, through sickness or disease or, or whatever, many people and mental issues and mental health issues and a lot of people just think that demons manifest, you know, someone frothing at the mouth or, or, or whatever. And and yes, they can manifest like that, but fear is a manifestation of the of the of um a spirit, a demonic spirit. And it needs to be cast out. And here in first John chapter four we are going to learn how that spirit of fear has to be cast out and leave. In verse 4 this is 1 John, this is John's epistle, it's not John's gospel, it's the epistle at the back of the book, before the book of Revelation. In 1 John 4, um, and then we'll read on in, in verse 4, You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Who's them? These other spirits that are not of God, but are of the Antichrist. You have overcome them, you have overcome the devil, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Satan is known as the god of this world um, because Adam gave him his dominion and authority uh, when he and Eve sinned in the garden. They, The devil tricked them and deceived them and he took their authority. And that's why Jesus came. He came to take back man's authority. Um, when I say man or mankind, that means men and women. He came to take back our authority, and to give it back to us who believe in him. And this is part of salvation, is the the, the gift of, of uh, dominion um, that he has given us. And so greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Satan is the god of this world. You are not of this world, but you are living in this world. And you're living in a body of flesh. And so you need to have God's spirit inside of you in order to be able to uh, successfully dwell upon this earth and prosper and live in peace and joy and blessed in Jesus name. That's why Jesus said, you know, in John 10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He came to bring us abundant life. He came to give us joy and not despair, you know. So you have to really resist the devil as he tries to bring fear, as he tries to bring torment or torture, uh, turmoil upon you. You resist him in the faith, and how you resist him is with the Word of God. And so greater is he living in you than he that's in the world. Um, praise God. That whole chapter of 1 John 4 is just wonderful, but just for time's sake, let's go down here to um, verse 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Hallelujah. You see, it's because of the Spirit of God that the Father gave us that we now can abide in God under the shadow of his wings. We can rest wrapped up in the arms of our loving Father in heaven. And friend, you may not have had a loving Father on this earth, but I tell you, you have God, Father God in heaven, who loves you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And God is love. And love never fails. praise God. So you see, there is no fear in love and perfect love casts out fear. So how do you deal with fear? You allow God's perfect love to come in and enter into your heart and you cast out that spirit of fear. You displace it. You see, it's one thing to cast out a a, a demonic spirit, but you also need to, to displace it and replace it. And how you replace it is with the love of God. And you look up and you you study the scriptures on the love of God, and you study to find out how much God loves you and what a good plan He has for your life. And you fill yourself up with that. And what happens is, is that fear has to leave, and joy and peace and stability are the result. Perfect love, you know. Think about this: the whole world is looking for love. They're why are dating, online dating and all those things, why have they absolutely ballooned um, in recent years? Because people are desperate, desperate for love. And they'll, they'll look anywhere. They'll go on a TV programme with, you know, um, imbeciles, uh, the things that are going on in them, and, and, and they'll do it in order to try and find love. A perfect love is to be found only in one place, <laughs> in the love of the Father. And this is why so many people as well are damaged. You know, the devil, is, you know, he's cute and he uses that spirit of fatherlessness. He uses that spirit of division and divorce and breakdown of families, of, of abandonment of children, um, abandonment of, of, of families where there are no father figures. Because you see, the security comes from the father. And if enough people are damaged and hurt by their earthly fathers, they have no time for God the Father. And a lot of people find it very difficult to call him Father because of what they have endured as as children. But friend, I want to tell you, whatever kind of a life you had with your father, listen. Hurting people hurt people. And the enemy uses people to hurt others. Even our mother and our father. Uh, you know, can can let us down and can hurt and wound people. Um, David said it himself in Psalm 27, even if my mother and my father desert me or abandon me or reject me, you will never reject me. God has not rejected you. And I pray today in the name of Jesus, if you have had damage done to you in the past through the actions of your father or of perhaps another person in authority over you, then I pray in Jesus' name that God would shine his glory light into your heart and uh, revive your heart and refresh and restore you uh, to wholeness and peace so that you can receive his love in Jesus' name. Praise God. But you know, perfect love, like I was saying, people are looking for this love everywhere they can. Perfect love is not Prince Charming. It's not Mr. Darcy. It's not uh, Mel... Um, Meg, Meg Ryan or Mel Gibson or Richard Gere or any of those people. That's not perfect love. They're actors. And that's Hollywood has, has groomed people into this false, um, false fantasy life that this is how love is supposed to look. God is love. We just read it there. Read it again for me in verse 18. Oh sorry, in verse uh, let's read sixteen first, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Let's change that and personalize it and make it me and I have known and believed the love that God has for me. God is love, and I who abide in love, abide in God and God in me love has been perfected in me in this that i may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so am i in this world there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment you know you have not been given a spirit of fear let's turn to the book of timothy i think it's second timothy hallelujah second timothy in chapter 1 Verse 7 says, Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. Timothy is um, the book that's after Thessalonians and just before Titus, which is actually a tiny book. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, Second Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You have not been given a spirit of fear. You've been given the spirit of power. The power is from the Holy Spirit. You've been given the spirit of love. Love is the love, is the nature and the character of God. And he loves you. He loves you. And you've been given the spirit of a sound mind. That sound mind translates into safe thinking. You know, you've been given the mind of Christ and your thinking, your thoughts, um, that's what you've been given, not irrational, unwanted, uh, racing thoughts. That's not what God has given you. And that's what the spirit of fear gives you, where, where you have obsessive, compulsive thoughts or thoughts of dread and fear and torment. That's from the enemy and it needs to be cast out. And how you cast out fear is with love. Love casts out fear. Fear is a spirit. It needs to be identified. It needs to be cast out and it needs to be displaced and replaced with the thoughts of God and with the spirit of God. Hallelujah. And fear takes up residence because of a spirit of rejection. Many people are are being tormented by rejection by the devil in order to create turmoil in that person and what results, there's like a domino effect, rejection comes in whether it's, you know, abandonment by, by parents or friends or a loved one of some way, maybe a betrayal, maybe a, maybe as a child, hearing, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm not as good as, as this one or that one, I can't do what he can do, I can't do what she can do. You know, and, and a spirit of rejection comes into that child. And it can be from a parent saying, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do it good enough? You know, and, and, and that brings uh, a spirit of rejection on the child. Um... It's all around us, really. You know, women are are portrayed as this, um, you know, scantily clad um, kind of sex object, and it, and if you or your your frame doesn't um, look like they look like, well, then you're you're nothing, and and you know, you're rejected by society. A man is to look a certain way, is to have certain accomplishments, or you know, be really successful in everything he does. Uh, This is what drives people. This is why Facebook has been such a success, listen, friend. And let me tell you, because people want to project, just like what we read about in Samuel, where Samuel looked at the outward manifestation. This is what's the story with Facebook. People are projecting, you know, because you can be sure they put a nice picture up of their family and it makes you go... my family never did that or we never look as happy as that in photos. You can be sure they went through 50 photos, first of all, with them all fighting and tearing the heads off each other or or maybe looking, you know, uh, their eyes shut or or the bad side of their face or some kind of a spot being, you know, and, and they go through every photo to find the perfect photo to put up. <laughs> and uh, that can bring a spirit of rejection. And we need to identify these things and eradicate them. And how we eradicate it is with the love of God. And what happens, like I said, a domino effect, first rejection. This results in anger. Then comes very easily offense. After that, it leads to unforgiveness being a lifestyle. And we're to live a lifestyle of forgiveness and repentance. So this is very much in conflict with the Word of God but there can be things that we have got offended over in the past that came out of a root of rejection, things that we have taken personally, where we've taken offence at something somebody has said or something has done. We've we've magnified it, we've mulled on it, you know, and meditated on it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until you're just driven out of your mind with it. And what happens is with unforgiveness, Remember what Jesus, the parable he told about the unforgiving servant who refused to forgive the other servant of his debt? Jesus said, they will take that one who refused to forgive and they will hand him over to the tormentors until the debt can be paid in full. And, you know, that debt can never be paid. So that's eternal tormentation. And if there is torment going on in your life, friend, you need to look and examine for unforgiveness somewhere or a root of bitterness. You see, unforgiveness grows, and it spreads down roots in the same way that that little pe- plant. When you take a plant and you repot it, and um, you put it into fresh earth, and it's it's just encased in its little you know little pod, and then suddenly, after a few days, especially if you if you watch it and see, and you'll see these little teensy roots coming out. Well, unforgiveness leads to roots like that forming in us, and they go deep, deep down, and they form roots of bitterness. And they—that that is where torment comes from. Mental torment, anguish, um, and it can even be handed on from generation to generation. It might have nothing to do with you. It could be something that has come down the generations. That's what's called an iniquity. And that's why we need to have our bloodlines cleansed and examine our lives to get rid of the filth, get rid of the evil, get rid of sin, and live a lifestyle of repentance fear you know um brings such a torment, it goes on and on it it can even be handed from generation to generation um they'll say, oh, do you know her mother was just like that, oh that was in the family, I'd say the father was very er he was very nervy, you know, and that's the truth that um it it can come out in a different manifestation it can come out as a mental illness as a depression in 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 another um generation it can come out as a as, as some kind of a difficulty that the person has or you know in life it's the same source though it's rejection rejection separates it's a separator it separates us from god it separates us from other people because we look at them with suspicion. We look at God with just doubt and unbelief and say, no, I'm not, that's not, he doesn't love me. He couldn't love me anyway. It separates us from other people. We look at them with suspicion and with criticism and, and it separates us from ourselves. It creates conflict inside an, a person. And it is the root of many sicknesses and diseases and many mental issues. Rejection. And what happens is often can happen is is a religious spirit kicks in then uh and and you've got this kind of performance thing where where there's outward manifestations of perfection in order to cover up what's really going on. If people really knew what I was like in the outs, in the inside, they wouldn't like me they I, I wouldn't be successful, I wouldn't be this or that, and that's the enemy lying into people's ears, and he's doing it with fear and rejection. But Holy Spirit knows everything. Let's look finally in Matthew chapter 23. Um, actually, on your way to Matthew 23, can you go to Matthew chapter 21? Hallelujah. Just talking about the temple of the Holy Spirit as well. Jesus actually came to Jerusalem and he came on the donkey. They brought for him. They put their coats down on the road in front of him and and. Excuse me, believe me, a donkey in those days was the was the, you know, big limousine of today. And because most people walked everywhere, they brought him on a donkey. People lined the road in front of him with their coats so they humbled themselves before him, and they waved branches and and pronounced hosanna in the highest, blessed be the God of heaven, and blessed is the king who comes in his name. Hallelujah. Hosanna in the highest. And so Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. And in fact, in in Matthew chapter 21, verse 10, when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? There was such a presence came with Jesus, the presence of God, that it changed the whole atmosphere in the city. And the place was electric. And they said, who is this? And the multitudes who were with him said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And then in verse 12, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. You know, I want to just show you here that Jesus cleaned out the temple. At that time, the Holy Spirit was still living in the Ark of the Covenant, in the tabernacle uh, behind the veil. But you know, when Jesus uh, died on the cross, the Bible tells us that there was an earthquake and that the veil was rent into from top to bottom and the presence of God left that building. Because once Jesus died sinless and perfect he made the way for each one of us to be born again and receive the free gift of salvation by saving us from our sins and paying the price for them so that we could now come into the presence of God and be reconnected to him through the power of his spirit who now living inside of us who would receive Jesus as Lord and Savior that's why he said you know in John 3 whoever believes." will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And again, he says that in Mark chapter 16. And then, you know, the the, the mark of the believer is to receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour, to acknowledge him as our Lord and Saviour, to believe in his life, his death and his resurrection, and to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us and instructs us in the way to go and reveals God's word to us and reveals the love of God to to us. Um, In Jesus' name, Amen. When Jesus cleaned out the temple, then in that same temple, the blind, the lame and all those who were sick came to him and he healed them there. And it's no different for us today as we live a lifestyle of repentance, as we refuse to come under the influence of the spirit of strife, of the spirit of the Antichrist, of the spirit of lawlessness and rebellion to authority, as we refuse those things that the enemy is trying to dish up onto our plates and and instead follow and be led by the Spirit of God, what happens is healing and breakthrough comes. So uh, casting out every spirit of rejection and every spirit of fear and receiving the love of God instead in its place is what uh, makes your way successful, friend, um, and and brings breakthrough for you. And in Matthew chapter chapter twenty three, just to um, reiterate there about how you know the outward manifestations. The whole chapter, he he Jesus called out those who were supposed to be preaching the word of God and who were just really. Uh, being hypocritical they were saying one thing and doing another there he said your heart your lips uh, praise me but your hearts are far from me and he called them out here in verse 25 and he said woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence blind pharisee first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. There's that lawlessness again. And you know, that spirit of lawlessness is the spirit of the Antichrist. These were the people in the church and they were operating under that spirit. Friend, we're in perilous times. We're in dark times. There's a time that we are in right now. There, there is deep darkness covering the people. But listen, there's gross darkness coming. And we are to arise and shine in this time. We are to stand up. And many people are frightened because, you know, they have the fear of man. And we need to pray for boldness and for courage that the Lord would anoint us uh, with his Holy Spirit and his power, just like he did with Jesus, who went about he- doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You have to remember this, friend. That's in Acts chapter 10, 38. You have to remember this. The Spirit of God is living inside of you. There is nothing impossible to you. God loves you. He has a good plan for your life. He wants to bring a uh, breakthrough to you more than you want it yourself. And... It's only by immersing yourself, abiding in his love and in his, uh, word, that peace, stability, joy, and, uh, breakthrough comes and I pray that today that you receive it in the name of Jesus as we submit to God we humble ourselves before him we repent of our sins we surrender our lives to his holy spirit and ask God to uh, um, pour out his spirit upon us like he promised in the last days he would pour out his spirit on all flesh on young men old men women children he will pour out his spirit and he's doing it right now and he has you in his line up for his army to go out and bring the good news everywhere you go to bring the atmosphere of heaven with you and to bring his peace his joy and his freedom to the captives in Jesus name and all fear has to leave as you receive his perfect love displace that fear And replace it with his love, with his peace, with his power, and with his word. In Jesus' name. God bless you, friend. Psalm
1: 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine on us. That your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. O oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the people uprightly and lead the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Then will the earth yield its produce and God, our God, will bless us god will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him amen the ironic blessing the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace his shalom in jesus name amen